looking at you. We're, I know. And you're I looking at me. I can't see you because I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> we are in the studio. We're when back. was the last time we were in the studio? I don't... February? I'm so used to recording this pod. You know, let's talk about the progression of this podcast for two seconds because when we first started it back in 2016, we did it on our floor in our kitchen with one mic in Brooklyn. Yeah. And then our business has leveled up. Right. That we were able to film, film, record in 2019 in a studio. Yeah. Thanks, Hanger. Shout out. <laughs> and then 2020 hit and I was back on the floor. Right. In front of a computer. Yep. <laughs> doing the podcast. So it feels good to be well, back actually, in Well, actually, I feel like the pandemic has put us in really, in really like unique situations going from recording in the bathroom because there's better sound, recording, <laughs> you know, with the having to go into the room where the bed is because it soaks up some of the sound. I don't know. It's just been. We learned a lot about sound. We learned a lot about sound. <laughs> and now we're here. But, um, but um, <laughs> I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to talk today with your topic. But I had to tell you the story that I had with one of my students this morning. Um, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, Sid and I coach salon owners and hairdressers all day long on how to better their business. And with with that responsibility comes a lot of stories that we <laughs> that we get to. We hear. should write a book. We should write a book. I know. <laughs> So I, I told the student ahead of time that I was going to be using this story, but um, this student and I have been working together for a long time, and we ha- I helped her open a salon that recently opened in um, New York State, and basically, and I want we'll talk about this in a later podcast, but basically, I, we I'm not a fan, and you're not a fan of like hardcore promoting or discounting. Mm-hmm. There's like there's ways to do it properly, but then there's salons that live on it. There's reactive. Discounting and yeah. proactive discounting. So this particular salon owner gave her new assistant the freedom to create her own promotion, which I'm all that's cool. Yeah. I, I was like, that's really that's great. We're all about that freedom. So the assistant who's trying to build her books created a promotion called Cuts for Cats. And it's I'm like, where are we going with this? <laughs> yeah, cuts for cats. Okay. So basically, the haircuts that she does, she gives a portion to the animal shelter. That's super cute, though. It's so cute. The problem is that the way it's advertised is cuts for cats. And so they have been getting an influx of phone calls for people's hair, for haircuts for these people's For cats. cats. Oh, I didn't even go there. (laughs) Like, people want... Their hair, their, their cat's, cat's haircut. Haircut, correct. <laughs> so that's what she's. So in trying to drum up business, she's actually she's like, you know, should I start a cat cutting, <laughs> cat grooming service? But it's just, it was just so funny. I laughed for like twenty minutes, <laughs> just because I thought it was cuts for cats. That's such a good idea, and we we speak a lot. Again, no, 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 that's not a good idea. No, charity. The, the is charity idea. is a good idea. <laughs> And we speak a lot to giving portions of your your income to charities. Again, a whole we have that plan for another a whole another podcast, right? But I thought that was a funny That's, story. I should have saved that for the charity podcast. I know. We'll repeat it. We'll repeat it. No one remembers. <laughs> um, oh, that's great! So shout out to you. Know who you are. <laughs> you know. You I know what I you love did. <laughs> when I speak about my students on the podcast, and then I'll get a text and be like, 
talked about me, huh? I'm like, I didn't say your name. I wonder if everyone texts you that. You're just like, yep. Yep. It was you. <laughs> it was you. I was talking about. What did about. you learn <laughs> now that it's in public? <laughs> but you just had an incredible free Zoom webinar. Oh, let's – we are going we are gonna to talk about that today. But I – let's talk to why I did it, and then we'll talk about it and oh. the success of it. So – Why'd you do it, Sid? I know. Why did I? What why'd you, you do, do it? it? I created this class at a sheer demand. You know, I was working on this for months. I think when pandemic hit, everybody started to panic, obviously, um, on what was going to happen to their businesses. And then as businesses started to open, I realized quickly, like, we had to start making different changes and thinking about marketing differently. And I kicked my students into complete social media marketing and elevating their social media platforms so that when they were to reopen, that they didn't waste all that time not being productive. And the result was when they came back, they were able to raise their prices. They had full books, all of these wonderful things, right? So I had started to work on a class to give that information as part of our course and curriculum. But then I started seeing all over Instagram recently, which which kickstarted me in putting the class out quicker, was everybody was like, my students included, my books are slow. I'm freaking out, right? So I want to talk about that for a second, uh, why our books are slow and steps you can take to achieve not slowness. And a quickness. And a quickness. With a quickness. <laughs> with a quickness. Oh, that's what it should be called. Eight steps to gain clients with a quickness. <laughs> with a quickness. <laughs> uh, but I decided that when it, we were trying to think of how we were going to promote it and how we were going to put it out and how much it was going to cost and all of this. And I was thinking of how powerful the information was and how it transformed all of our students' business. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. Let's do it for free. I also think it's important that people understand that – well, I'll say this. We, I was talking – again, I was talking to another student today <laughs> that was in your webinar mm-hmm. And she, Ooh, she couldn't stop talking <laughs> about how incredible it was and what she loved about it the most. But I thought was really interesting. You're like, do you want to talk to Sid? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, but what I thought, what I thought was the most interesting was that she said that you didn't spend any time dealing with algorithms, which she was happy about because she said, "Who really knows Ugh. what the algorithms are?" And like, I don't need an hour on like when to post and how to like. Mm-mm. You went into these really strong details, not only details, but like. Do exactly this, and I think people really like that. And from what she said, she's excited to share it with her staff. And Also, sidebar, if your social media has dropped or changed or, or anything, obviously it's because of an algorithm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, st- stop trying to fight something that we can't control. We don't even know about it. We don't even know how to go against it. Anyone out there that is marketing a class that says how to beat the algorithm, they have no idea. that it's It's not... There's nothing tangible, and it changes so often. So all you can do is use your platform proactively and can you consistently. If Instagram just decided to sue everyone that taught how to do Instagram, we'd all we'd all, <laughs> we all wouldn't have jobs. <laughs> no, but I think it's important to understand that 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 was I think the most the fact that that was the most powerful that she noticed that you didn't talk about algorithms and that that was powerful. I thought was interesting. Yeah. That you I, actually gave practical tools. Yeah. And so the 
the Zoom was um, incredible. I was kind of panicking, you know, like getting the system. We have PTSD for everyone out there, like with Zoom. And I don't think we're alone. I don't think so either because every time we've launched, there's always some, you know, every class that is out there, there's always some back-end technical hiccup. And I'm People thankful. People don't get the link or the link doesn't yeah. work for them. and then, But this was the first, I think this. This was easy. This was the best webinar we've had, the biggest, one of the biggest turnouts we've had in a webinar and the easiest back end. It was like the yeah. stars aligned. Well, we always have you and our team on the back end or whoever's teaching the class. We have our team supporting on the back end to make sure we're answering the Instagrams or keeping track of that or the emails and just someone able to work fast, right? And I re- after the class, you were like, nothing really happened. It was great. Yes, nothing <laughs> bad happened. You were able to actually watch it, which usually we're so busy on the back end dealing with answering um Questions and comments and concerns. So why don't you tell them what it was called? So and then let's walk through the steps really quickly. The class was called Eight Steps to Filling Your Books Instantly. And everything was not just centered. It wasn't a social media class. I know I'm like pitching it like that. It wasn't a social media class, but it was how to use your social media effectively as well as other things. Uh, because there is... There is more than just social media. I think going back to face-to-face, you went into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you said you even said in your class you consider that to be the most powerful mm-hmm. form of networking, which I thought was interesting. But unfortunately, we have to work around things. So we had uh, over 300 signups. We had over 200 people in the class, which was incredible. And it was free only one time. So those of you that are listening that did not get to take it, well, guess what? <laughs> It is not free, but it can be yours forever. Yep. And so we are – that will come out, and it will probably launch the same day that this podcast launches. So it's probably already out. Yep. So it's probably <laughs> already out, and you should go check our website because you can purchase it. So I want to talk about the eight steps a little bit, but I'm going to heavily focus on the first step and then give you little brief nuggets on all of the other steps so I can leave you with some tangible things to implement without having to take the class. And step one was something that we created a long time ago called the Selfie Campaign, and it's the new referral system. Do you remember, David, and I would love to hear your experience on this, back what referral systems used to look like? What was referral systems for you? When you learned referral systems, what did it look like? A business card. Okay. And if you worked for someone who was cheap, you'd get a business card with a line, and then you would draw your name or write your name. <laughs> I remember that. Um, I forgot about Because that. the salon owner was so used to just firing people and hiring new people that you couldn't get people their own cards. And nice business cards are not cheap yep. unless you're doing that free Vistaprint. Right. So I so you'd get a card, you would write your name on it, or if they were really cheap, it would just say the name of the salon, and you just found a little space to write your name. Remember when you would write like 20% off on it? Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Like, You'd write like a discount. With Sid. Like you yeah, would have exactly. to like. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was sad. And then you would, I worked for a place when I was probably 17 that was like, you need to stand outside and just offer. Yes. Like. Anybody. And anyone that walks by, offer that you do the hair, offer them a card, offer them a discount. Dogs, cats, if children. We, when I worked for Aveda, it was give them a free hand massage. Can you imagine giving someone a free hand massage right now? <laughs> I wonder how that's going. It's not going. You can't do the rituals anymore. No, so it was just, yeah, it was a lot of manual labor. We're all about risk-taking and being uncomfortable because we truly be- believe putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation enhances your confidence in other areas and growth, right? But this 
this wasn't this was a waste of time, right? <laughs> we would this wasn't proactive at all. Yes, it was risk building and confidence building so that you could talk to people, but you weren't you were taking more than anything, I just hated my boss. Yeah, that too. You were just taking people off the street. Or we would also do it in the chair where we would give someone a card and we would like look them mm-hmm. in their eyes and beg them to not lose this card as you watch them shove it in the bottom of their book bag or their purse or their wallet and give it to their friend and then hope that the friend didn't lose it. And then it was this whole thing to get – like when a card finally did make its way back to me, it was like crumpled and yeah. destroyed and covered in dirt. Journey. And, you know, at that point, you're just like, oh. And it, it doesn't feel good either to give yourself away, especially when you might not be making a lot of money on the service anyway. So right. that was the old referral system, and it was a lot of effort for very little payback. And even when people would do, like, flyers or mailers, it's like you would send out hundreds of thousands to get <laughs> 10 people. Like, it right. didn't make sense. And so I created the selfie campaign to be more effective and less time-consuming. So where you would put in work, but it wouldn't be physical work, and it would be something that you were already doing. And so the idea is that you take a picture with your client or of your client, which we're already taking pictures of our clients, and then you would post that picture, whether it was in your post or in your story, and you would tag them and write something nice about them, and then they would repost it, which is a lot of what we're doing now. But the idea is to be more efficient with it. And so if you have a client that has 400 followers, we're going to assume that at least 100 of those followers are in your area of your business and that, you know, with the algorithm, potentially 50 people of those 100 are seeing that post that that client shared of yours. And so that's a potential 50 people that could go and follow you then start engaging with you. And if you're doing the proper social media work, then they would constantly see you. And then eventually that plants the seed for them to come in. So instead of a business card, the whole idea is to get them to follow you. And then you being so consistent with your posting that they see you all the time. And it's like you're ingrained in their face every day. And then next thing you know, they book appointment with you. That's the idea. That's the idea. How do we do it? So What's really important to me is I like to take pictures with my clients, too, to kind of break up my feed. And it also makes my clients feel feel really good. And I made a suggestion in the class that if this is something that you're going to start doing, also don't be afraid to look at your clients' actual Instagrams and steal some of their selfies to repost. Maybe not on your feed if it's not part of your uh, curation, but in your story so that they're, you know, I'll DM my clients and be like, can I use this? And they're, yes. Like, they get so excited. They're so excited to share it. So this, the first step is really to get a selfie, take a selfie, or steal a selfie. Basically. Got Ooh, uh, upgrade the PowerPoint with that. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea is actually for you to have more consistent conversations in your chair. So every time I'm taking a picture with my client, I say to them, I'm going to send these to you. I would really love for you to share them, whether in your story or in your post. That way you have them and tag me in it. And just having that simple conversation of asking them to tag me in a picture, every single one of my clients – most likely, if they are on social media, are retagging me, are sharing me, and then their friends are coming to me. So my whole—I mean, when we moved to New York, we didn't know anybody, and I built my whole clientele off that, like right. using my clients that I had in my chair versus trying to find outward new clients. I would get new clients by using the ones that I already had. And like you said, they're, you're already somewhat doing this. Exactly. It's just being more intentional and spe- and telling the client— I think also being like, listen, I'm trying to build my business. 
Yeah. Like be people want to help us. Right. They really do. And so even having the conversation, like it would really help me if you just, you know, shared this or tag me in your next selfie or just reposted this to talk about your hair. My favorite is when the client takes it to another level. Oh my God, they do. Like they'll tag 30 of their friends. Exactly. (laughs) It's a whole thing. Or they'll like go take they'll all get glammed up and like take this beautiful photo and give you all the credit. So there there's a lot of power in that, which is awesome. But I think the risk for most people is to really be intentional and like talk about it. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna take photos of you today. I want you to post them this week, tag me, let your friends know. It's gonna it's gonna be a way that I grow my business. Yeah. That 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 that's the step. That's a little nugget that I wanna give you in this podcast because that will just start having those conversations, start thinking like that. It's not about the business card anymore. It is about using your current clients to help you find more clients. And that is going, just doing that little action, just doing that one step is going to be really effective. And someone actually asked me in the class, they were like, how often should we do these eight steps? Should we do focus on one and then the other? And you're going to learn to do them all together as much as possible. So the second step was all about engagement and it's about internal and external engagement. And I'm not going to go too too much in depth with that because you need to be in the class to actually learn how to do external engagement. But I want to tell people because I don't think people understand. I think people think that they forget that they have to go outwards, right? Internal engagement is your own feed, your own followers, your people that are engaging with your stories, your DMs, your comments, all of those things. External engagement is actually going out into the Instagram world, leaving your little bubble it's and going, going to that in, discovery tab. Yeah, it's and those using hashtags. that discovery tag, those hashtags, your locations, and finding your clients, which is is very it's another uncomfortable form of standing outside, but again, more proactively and on your phone. Which and what I what I liked about the class is that you told them exactly what to do. Like if you didn't know what to do after you explained it, I don't know how much I don't I mean get. it wasn't just an idea. It was like a do this. It's a hard and, thing to explain. Especially I trust me, I had to explain it over the phone before this class came out to students. <laughs> and if they can get it over a phone call, the class is incredible with you that. You can part. get it. So with, give people like a preview of like what the other steps are. Yep. Step three was all about marketing and it was talking about reaching out to influencers because, and I just want to stop there because I think people thought influencers are only Instagram influencers, which yes, that's a great market to tap into, but there's influential people in your community, like politicians, news, people in the news, magazines, bloggers, like business owners. It could be other influential business owners that own multiple businesses. So if you can get your hands on doing the hair of one of those people, their reach verbally is going to be so much stronger than even the selfie campaign. Right. So reaching out to influential people. Step four was about specializing, which we talk a lot about. And I would love for you to chime in on the importance of specializing. But when you do everything, you miss the opportunity to reach Everyone, technically. I think you even wrote, when you do everything, you end up doing no way. You wrote something like, when you do everything, you lose out on doing anything. Yeah. Or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And it was, it's basically when you focus on taking every single thing that sits in your chair, which we have been forced to do as hairdressers our whole career, the result isn't anything special. It's garbage. <laughs> Trash. 
<laughs> the so, result is garbage. Yeah, it, it really- is. And and you end up doing things that don't fulfill you. And then you can't make more money because you get stuck. And then you fill up your books completely. By the way, if you're a salon owner and you've done this, this is why people hate you. <laughs> this is yeah. why your staff Stop making left. people take things just because they're open. <laughs> Let them take the things that they really love doing because they'll build more of that. And then the goal is to get them. I think the biggest thing about specializing is it doesn't mean compartmentalizing. Mm-mm. Or, I'm sorry, departmentalizing. Yes, I know what you Meaning mean. that. It's not just doing cut or color. For example, I mainly but- yeah, I mainly do cutting. But I sometimes I look at a person sitting in my chair and I'm like, you know, we need to throw some blonde in here. And because I want to do it, I will do it because I want to, and I see it already. I don't have to even have a consultation. Hopefully, they just let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> but specializing is like I think you said in the class. If you want to just do pink bobs all day. That's, That's your what thing. You, do. <laughs> you will attract that market. Or like But even, I think people are afraid to get that specific when really it doesn't mean that's all you are going to end up doing, but that's what you showcase, that's what you focus on, that's how you sell yourself, that's what your hair looks like mm-hmm. potentially. Specializing feels like you're pigeonholing yourself, but it's actually you're carving out a space for yourself. Absolutely. And the the really cool thing about specializing is that think about the times of change where People search for specific things, right? Like you don't just randomly go into a store anymore. You're going into the store to find the red jacket right. or you're typing in on Google red jacket and you get so many stores I mean, that pop up. I mean, you don't just type in porn. Right. You type in the exact <laughs> The specific that you fetish that you are freaking looking for. Exactly. <laughs> it's true though. Like it, what you're, when you're searching for things, you get specific. And so the same thing with hair. Like, yes, there are people out there just looking for a hairdresser, but the majority of people are looking for my person that can do a pink Bob yeah. and do it well. And so they're going to start to find that on Instagram and search the people that did it and like what else they're doing and why they want to go to them. And so it's it's really important to narrow that down and figure it out. And one of the things I said about specializing is don't don't stop doing all the hair that's financially funding you. Just start to only focus on marketing the thing you want to do. And right. eventually you will be so busy that you have to raise your prices, which will then weed out all the things you don't want to do. And then boom. I think, yeah, I think we could talk for hours That's a whole other episode. But again, I, I don't think for people that work for salons where you have to do everything, it's, I do encourage you to talk to your boss and say, listen, have them listen to this podcast and say, listen, I really want to specialize. I really want to focus on blonding. I really want to focus on doing, you know, fashion colors. I really want to focus on just doing cutting and doing shags all day long. Like go to your boss and tell them exactly what you're focusing on. And if you can't, if you work for someone that you can't go to like that, then quit. It's a sure sign that you might need to go branch out on your own. If you're a salon owner, (laughs) allow your staff to hone in on this. Right. I love when people are struggling like, they just can't cut hair. I don't know what to do with them. Don't let them cut hair. Yeah. <laughs> they obviously don't want to do it. Yeah. If they excel somewhere else, it doesn't make sense. So the, the great thing, do you remember? Okay, I have to share the story real quick. There was a time when I first got behind the chair that I had a pedicure clientele. <laughs> okay. A fucking pedicure clientele. Yep. Like, I don't, I couldn't even, I remember I, I most, can't even get into this because I, I, the fact that as hairdressers, we have to learn how I to know do we're licensed, I don't get it. But that doesn't mean that I want to do it. And I remember the salon I worked in, we all did everything. We took anything. And then I had repeat clients because apparently they thought my pedicure was better. <laughs> 
than someone that specializes in a pedicure. It blows my mind. I remember most of the time I would be staring at these toes and just being baffled at the fact that, like, <laughs> they liked what I did. I, I remember stressing so hard every pedicure. Oh and and we didn't wear masks, which now oh. is a whole other world. I'm like, at least you're wearing masks. Shaving their feet skin into your lungs. In a bowl. In a, uh, <laughs> in a not like a pedicure chair. It was like those steel bowls that you would, like. <laughs> Put rose petals in? Yeah. Listen. Bath when salt. we worked at Aveda, we used to have to. Do we had a pedicure? It was a beautiful pedicure area, but I remember we would have if someone had a fungus, and our students had to learn it for licensure. Yes, so we had to deal with. And it. if we if someone had a fungus, it was our job to say we can't oh, do yeah. the service. Every other pedicure, every other person, I swear to God, had toe fungus. <laughs> they would get pissed too. I'm like, you obviously got turned away from someone else. Yeah, that you could like ruin this poor student's experience. Ma'am, your toe is green. <laughs> And black. It's about to you, fall off. You've you got to get out of here. You go straight to the hospital. <laughs> it was awful. That was part of my favorite job of This being is an why you should specialize. <laughs> you don't have to do shit. Telling shirtless. people to go home. I can't even tell you how many capes I ripped off of people to protect my students. Oh my God. We, we got to keep going. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Specializing. Step five. Step five. Was inspire. Okay, cross-promote. I know I can't get over the pedicures. Step five was inspire, cross-promote, share each other's work. Uh, Not only each other, but I've seen a lot of people since you've talked about this, like, posting and feeling inspired by the 70s today. And I'm, like, posting yeah. beautiful 70s portraits of Absolutely. this crazy 70s hair. And like you said in the class, people look at that and they go, I want that. Listen, I, I just want to remind everybody real quick that the reason our books are slow currently right now in this moment is because when we were able to open, we had an influx of everybody coming in. Pandemic also taught our clients that they didn't need to see us every six to eight weeks. Like it, in their heads, we were liars now at this point because yeah. they were like, oh, I can go longer. So now they're waiting so much longer. So using these steps is going to fill in those gaps so that you are preparing in this month for the next three months and having that turnover. Uh, but sharing people's work, it's like if you have that person that just comes in for a cleanup and a root touch-up, they're not inspired to come back to you quickly when they're already used to waiting so long. So if you can inspire them with someone else's work that you know that you can accomplish, it's a great way to meet other industry people in the industry, but also inspire them to come back. And honestly, I'm sick of seeing all your repeat hair, uh, not yours, but just Yeah, everyone. you want to see other people's too. Like, every time I see a balayage and I look, and then I, I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. And I go to their Instagram page and it's all balayage. It's like, that's a little too much. Yeah. I'm a blonde special. I'm sick of seeing my own work. I'm like, I got to think of other things to post. Uh, step six is all about sharing in your community, going into the local businesses that you spend your money at and seeing if you can network with them to maybe offer. This is the only time that I would suggest offering discounts where you could offer some sort of gift to them um, to help them get their hair done. But they might not be in your specialty. They might not even be a repeat client, but it is a great way to give back. But you did mention, I think this is important to touch base on, the word discount I hate because I think people think of a percentage off. Yeah. Um, but you recommended not a percentage off. Cash amount only. Why $20 is that? gift, $10 gift. Well, especially depending on the amount of money you charge. If you're giving away 20 to 30 to 50% off on a very small service amount, and then you take into the cost of what it takes to rent your chair or commission or products, I mean, you've lost so much money. So by by keeping it at like, you know, a $400 service with $20 off is still very effective. I also think disc, like a percentage off gets the person thinking that you're 
not as shouldn't be charging as much as you do. Yeah. I think a gift is like you handing someone money. Like I spend money here. I want this business to stay open. Or like I'm giving you twenty dollars. Now come yeah. and give it back to me. Exactly. And it doesn't it doesn't diminish it's the monopoly amount. money. It's monopoly money. <laughs> it doesn't really exist. But I feel like discounting with a with a percentage people that are like, oh well then your haircut's not really worth sixty dollars. It's actually only worth like you don't have to make Absolutely. And they get used to that. Yeah. No, and, and I think it it's really important to really – and just making networks with the people in the community because I know that like salons we, we used to work out, we would know everybody at the coffee shop. They would hook us up. We would hook them up and it's – you know, it becomes a really great relationship. Have you – I think – have you – do you discount now or do you – I do you, not at all. Me neither. Yeah. Not even for first times. Right. Uh, I did offer, again, to a coffee shop that I frequent um, – all the time when I am working, I did do a gift, but they were also, they know me. Um, they actually were in my specialty, so it worked out perfectly. I wouldn't even mind a gift being you see someone that you love and you just do it for free. Yeah. Hey, do you want to blow out? Yeah. It doesn't even have to be an actual service, like a cut or a color that because, costs you money. And I think when you do free, people also know that that's like a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. It's that discount. It's that percentage. It's dangerous. Our industry was hit hard, but... So were other industries, and if we can start to think proactively as an economy and start to help each other, it's it's so much more beneficial. Step seven was protecting yourself, cancellation policies. Oh, that's a whole other episode. I know. I'm not going to dive into it much, but I do talk about the benefit of having a cancellation policy and how to um, transform them a little bit to reflect during these COVID times because there are some shitty-ass people out there that are like <laughs> – I can't come in. I have a cough because they don't want to come in. And then my students have seen their client out on social media out, which my student then fired that client. (laughs) Rightfully so. Don't take my business away and hurt my business when you're out there being disrespectful to humankind. So (laughs) uh, and the last step was getting support. I talk about the benefit of having a mentor and a coach and how the options are and how it works. Um, and just how to have that support because I do these ASAPs with all of my students and they're able to implement them stronger because they have my support. And so I'm holding them accountable to staying on track because, you know, there's that motivation of when you take a new class, you're excited. But then when it starts to become a little hard to stay, to keep consistent with these steps, who's who's pushing you, right? right? We are. That was my class in a nutshell. Oh my gosh, that was great! Yeah, but honestly, the make sure you you purchase the eight steps to fill your book instantly by Sid. It is you get to keep it forever. And incredible. sometimes we go in and add little extra nuggets. It comes with an engagement planner, uh, and 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 the, all the slides. So you have access to keep those on your phone or your computer as well. Exactly. And also, if you're if you own a business, buy it, share it with your staff. Yes. If you are, you buy one class and you can set up a Zoom or you can set up, <laughs> uh, you know, a uh, a projector, and there's your business education for the month. I don't think people know that when they buy one of our classes or any of our classes that it automatically creates an account for you and a dashboard for you, and it's like you're a student with us forever. Yeah, and so every class you buy is on there. You can actually customize your own curriculum without a coach, so it's pretty cool. Or if you want everything for free, you just get a coach. You get a coach. It comes you have with it. Access to everything that we've ever done. <laughs> We've done some for crazy shit. Ever. <laughs> I but love it. I'm excited for people to hear your class. I hope that you're excited to share it. And we cannot wait to see everyone. You can leave your comments. We'll hang out with you on the class. Yeah. And we'll see everybody out there. Very cool. Max, are you going to sign up for my class? Yeah. 
Cool. What did you learn? What was your favorite spot? What was your, your favorite part? Well, first, it's great to see both of you oh, in person. Oh, yes, after your hair's so, so long. long. Doesn't um, he look like Timothy Chalamet with he that does. hair? <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> we know a mutual person. Yeah. Bucket yeah, from Hair yeah. Story. Did you go to Hair Story? Or Bucket's did Bucket no longer cut? at Hair Story, but that's how we know Bucket. Yeah. Oh, they're not at Hair Story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have their own place in Bushwick. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I know. We should go see them. So proud of them. It was really cool. It was really nice in there. That's awesome. Um, but yes, we're happy to see you too. What did you learn today? I really resonated with um, definitely like cancellation policy, just like general <laughs> setting like precedence. Have we canceled on you before? I don't think I don't so. Think so. No, we're we pretty... don't cancel. <laughs> we're like, this is the only time we have. But also the like stop overdoing the things that you hate doing. Yeah. And just like, I think that's a lesson. Put in the for, effort to specialize. That's a lesson that. for 2020. Yeah. yeah. Stop doing the bullshit. Yeah. Stop doing things you don't want to do. Don't do things you don't want to do. <laughs> you don't want to get out of bed. Don't do it. Build a job yeah. that you can do in in bed. <laughs> Create your own business. But get some exercise. But but you move around a little. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Max. Thank you for being with us, Sid. We're glad to be back in the studio, and we'll thank see you. everybody next month. Bye. Bye. 